this week on Keystone Conversations, how not to discount the power of the gospel or other people. Welcome to Keystone Conversations. I'm Randy Woodbury, an elder here at Keystone Church, and with us today is our Salt Company Director and Lead Teaching Pastor, Austin Wadlow. Austin, good morning. Good morning. We are just minutes after the third service. So it's really it's really good afternoon. And good these afternoon. Days. Or good evening, depending on where the world <laughs> Well, and I went kind of long, so it's, it's good afternoon for sure. Well, we'll definitely do an intervention on that later and maybe go through some tips and trades <laughs> regarding clock watches. There you go. Uh, but as you sit back and think through your um, points today from Acts 9, anything you want to clarify or follow up as we begin our conversation this week? Yeah. Um, yeah, after, after preaching the first service, um, and, and I feel like we always do this, but this week specifically, I felt like the, the four big points that I gave were pretty generic. And so I went back and reworked them after the first service, and it, it didn't completely change the sermon or anything, but the people in the eight o'clock got a different sermon than everybody else. And so a little um, special treat, a little special treat. Um, and hopefully <laughs> it was more helpful for the nine thirty eleven. That's, that's the nine thirty service is what we're posting online, um, for the podcast. But the, the points in the first service were the first one was the gospel has the power to change you, which is true, but, yep. but super generic. And so we, we changed it to, uh, God sent Jesus not to reward us for our good lives, but to rescue us from our totally jacked up sin filled lives. Okay. So the point got way longer and less like smooth off the tongue, <laughs> but I think it's more helpful that way. Uh, the can't second, hashtag it as easily. Hash, yeah, I can't. It's still tweetable, but, um, anyways, uh, the second big point was the power of the gospel will change you emphasis on will. Um, and we changed that to the power of the gospel will cause a directional change in your life. Okay. Um, which hopefully helped bring clarity to that. And then, the uh, the third one was the gospel has the power to change others, and so I changed that to don't discount what God can do in another person's life. Okay. And then the fourth one, the power of the gospel will send you. I changed that to when Jesus saves you, he sends you. So very much a similar realm and similar ballpark of, of each of the first four, but yeah, a little more specific, specificity. Yeah, it didn't change like the, the sermon but it, I do think it brought clarity and, and, and I vi- visibly, I think it brought clarity, even preaching mm-hmm. the next two services, people, I think were more like in line with where I was going locked in. And that's the beauty of being able to do it multiple times, frankly, is you can yeah. just so, find sorry, eight o'clock, you get the rough draft. So. No, it's good. You get a unique one. So when you bootleg copy the sermon, <laughs> uh, on eBay, that's the eight o'clock service, yeah. on, uh, whatever date this is. But as we dig into that, a couple of things that kind of jumped out to me this week. And the first one that definitely stuck with me is your focus on Ananias, uh, his role in the story in Acts nine in terms of um, being directed by God to be an influence in just Saul's life um, really struck me because at that time, and again, we, we get into this a lot with the Bibles. We already know the story. We know how it ends. So it's hard for us to, I would say, emotionally lock into what some of these characters were feeling when they're confronted with that. So you have a, as I thought you clearly pointed out, a murderous, antagonistic um, obstacle to God's will in Saul. And Ananias being asked to speak into that. And it, it had me thinking, and definitely in terms of your third point of how we should not discount what God can do in another's life. As we look to our own lives, why or how 
do we let our perceptions of other people affect our view of their gospel possibility? Why do we go down that road of kind of ranking them? And what's some ways for us to maybe not do that and, and look from a more grace filled perspective? I, I think the reason that happens is, is forgetfulness. Okay. I think we forget. I think we forget the gospel. I think we also forget about like the true state of who we are, you mm-hmm. know, without Jesus. Great point. Yep. And so I think we forget the truth of the gospel, which I mean, it's, pretty much all over scripture, but my mind goes towards, I think it's James two ten, where he says, you know, once you've broken the law, you're a lawbreaker. So it's mm-hmm. like, there's, there's two categories of people on planet earth and you're either perfect and without sin or you're a lawbreaker. And, um, so we forget the truth of the gospel. And then two, um, we just forget really the filth of our own souls apart from Jesus. I think that's the biggest reason. It does seem that when I, look at my own life and maybe where I came from and and anyone can do this is sometimes we minimize just the depth of rebellion and sinfulness. We were against God uh, because we lived it. And so when we look at others, if it, if it's dissimilar from what I went through and I even deal with my kids somewhat, you know, many of my children, my, my kids were saved at younger ages. They did not have the drastic life change. And he said, but your rebellion at God was no different. Um, it just manifests itself in different ways, some more publicly than others. And so I think sometimes, like you said, I think forgetfulness is a great way to put that is I had f- forgotten how rebellious and sinful and prideful and wrong my own path was when I look at maybe some other people's more public circumstances. When I even, I would even take the example of the little kid being saved, which is my story. I was very young mm-hmm. and I, I, don't, I think we fail to think about uh, one. I mean, that's just God's grace. He's, he's choosing to get a hold of my heart, get a hold of your kids' hearts earlier in their life for whatever reason. That's his good purpose plan, right. whatever. And we praise God but, for that. Yeah, but who who would we have been right. if he hadn't, you know, gotten a hold of it later? I guarantee you, you know, the I, I think I've said this before on Sundays. I sometimes jokingly, when sharing my testimony, I'll, I'll start off and be like, "Yeah, man, I was I was partying and drinking every night and sleeping around and." Man, it was just, and then I turned six and the guy got a hold of my heart, you know, just to make it interesting. But the reality is, is, um, I think it's crazy interesting that God got a hold of my heart when he did, right. because I would have been that if he hadn't, you know? Right. And every story is a great story. And sometimes I catch myself, there is no ranking of sin in terms of, well, wow, you really got saved versus you just got saved. Right. You know, it's, it, <laughs> yeah. the, the, our standing is zero different before God without the grace and gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's, it sounds like for us to prevent that forgetfulness, it's best to just kind of preach to ourselves daily humility and grace that we're under as we look at other people. Well, let me ask you this. You've seen dead animals before, right? Yes. You ever seen a dead body? Uh, Funerals. Okay. Are there, are there between those animals and those people are, have you seen the difference in how dead they are? Like our son more dead than others. No, dead's dead. Dead is dead. Right. <laughs> so Ephesians two one, you were dead in your sin. There you go. So I I mean again, it's forgetfulness. We forget the gospel, we forget the truth. And if you're dead, you're dead. Right. So there you go. That's your hashtag for this week. Dead is dead. If you're dead, you're dead. <laughs> But also why you have a community of believers, you have connection groups, you have the body at the church, you have wonderful preachers and teachers that we put up and to can help remind you and train your mind and renew your mind so that maybe that forgiveness doesn't happen as often. Hmm. Uh, another aspect of your points as we go to maybe your fourth point, uh, definitely for the last two sermons, when Jesus saves you, he sends you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, a couple things. First, first, let's just do it at a broad sense. Um, that seems to imply a more physical sending, as, as you saw maybe even with Philip last week in the eunuch. He was sent to the desert. You know, we have Ananias being, being dealing with Paul here. Um, can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Is that always a physical sending, or is that more of God sends you to situations? It could be a distance. It could be just next door. I, I, this is something I feel like with our spiritual gifts, equipping intensive um, and even our mini series on the Holy Spirit, we've been trying to, you know, unpack this and, and show everybody who has the Holy Spirit has been given spiritual gifts. Right. And God gives spiritual gifts for one reason, and that's to build up the body of Christ. And so if everybody has the Holy Spirit, therefore everybody has spiritual gifts, therefore everybody has been sent in some way, has right. been commissioned in some way. Does that mean, I think your question was, does that mean it's a, always a physical sending? And, right. And I would say, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends the perspective from what you're asking that, but I would say, yeah, I mean, almost. Yeah. Now physically, does that mean you're going to go 800 miles or 2000? How, what's the diameter of the earth? Like, uh, di- I, I don't di- have that. Di- I just said <laughs> diameter wrong. Di- <laughs> so how I say it? Diameter? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know how many thousands of miles you can go way. away. But, I mean, it's not always, hey, go to you know a different city, different country. But, yeah, physically, yeah, we're called to work for Christ. Go to that person, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, or use your skills for that purpose, you right. know, uh, to build up the kingdom. So, what you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, no, that's good. I think it does help remove a possible obstacle is, is when I talk and minister to people, they always say, well, I don't think I'm called to go to Africa or insert whatever random right. foreign place. And you know what? You're probably right. You're not called to do that. But you are called to your neighborhood, your work colleagues, your yeah. realm of influence. And so when I see a situation like Jesus saves you to send you, um, it's, a, it's a yes and answer and not an either or. Yeah. It's not an exclusive answer. So wherever God is sending you across the street or across the world, be faithful to that and have your eyes open to that possibility. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and a follow-up to that, and this one's a little more theological, and we usually don't try oh, to get great. too deep here. I know. I like to got you cornered. <laughs> I got you ready. Um, one of the things we've talked about in various times, especially during the series in Acts, is the power of the Holy Spirit and how God's will will not be thwarted or stopped. Uh, I think we've said it multiple times, especially during our teaching. Now, when we look at a situation like Ananias, and I think your point today <clears throat> was it was a great illustration of thinking through what would have happened if Ananias wasn't faithful to the call there. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I, lo- I loved you digging in there saying, well, why, why are you questioning God in this situation? Yeah. But if he would not have gone there, what could have happened? Derailed. So how do you balance the tension between God's will never being stopped or prevented and the importance of us being faithful to God's call? If God's will is going to be never thwarted, is it really that important that I'm the one to do that? Or could someone else do that? Gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a great question. And obviously that's a question that people have wrestled with for centuries, you know? Um, but I also feel like it's a question we've made a little bit more difficult than it is. Mm. I mean, uh, one, I think the fact that God does choose to send us and chose to send Ananias and Ananias went and Ananias actually could have said no. And God's purposes would have still like, uh, let me back out of that and say, the fact that God chooses to use mess ups like us to be key players in his mission, I think displays even more the sovereignty of God because Mm -hmm. he chooses to use us and our foolishness and the job still gets done. And I think it's just a powerful display of his sovereignty. Um, 
But yeah, speculating with Ananias like we did. So what would have happened if Ananias didn't go? Because Saul turned to Paul, turned church planter, turned mm-hmm. dude that has impacted us because of his work. Absolutely. So does that mean we wouldn't you know have the gospel today? Uh, it'd be interesting to see how things played out differently. And obviously we we can't answer that. We don't know. Right. Um, you know, and I and I said. I think I said in my sermon, I know I did say this in the sermon, um, something to the effect of, you know, if Ananias hadn't gone, he probably would have sent somebody who, who was going to be obedient. And I think the, the way that that goes after my heart is, man, I want God to see me as faithful. And right. so I want him to give me those assignments. Right. But when we say no to those assignments, well, he's going to grab somebody who will go, you right. know, and then we end up missing out on the awesome opportunity to be a part of his mission and, you know, I, I'm sure you can speak to this and a lot of our people can speak to this when, when you jump in and you mm. do something that's scary or they not even necessarily scary, but you, you're obedient to God. Let's just put right. it like that. Right. There's an experience there that can't be experienced any, in any other way, you mm-hmm. know, like experiencing God's provision, experiencing just the joy of seeing God do his thing and being a part of that. You miss it. There's so many people that because of fear or because they discount what God can do in somebody else's life, which was one of the big points, uh, they, they miss out on the joy of being a believer and right. a follower of Jesus. And that's great. Point. I think, I think that's the bigger issue for me when I think about that question. Right. And I like how you started with, we do sometimes overcomplicate it. Step one actually isn't necessarily if God could get his plan done. Cause he will step one. Actually the primary focus there is faithfulness to God's call. Okay. God gave us a command. Are we faithful or not? There really doesn't have to be anything else more, more complicated than that. And God is God. He, he works in a time space continuum that we can't even fathom as eternal. And so for us to sometimes do that, that you're right. That's not our true focus. Our true focus is faithfulness and obedience. You know, we talked about evangelism last week. It is not our job to save people. It is our job to be faithful to the calling of spreading the word of the gospel and the Holy spirit work through people's lives. Yeah. I, th- I think what, I think what we're talking about really cuts to the heart of an interesting issue. Um, a few years ago, I was studying Matthew 28, mm-hmm. um, to, to teach it. And it says, Jesus says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go mm-hmm. make disciples. And it's interesting. Like it's easy for us to say, Oh, I believe, um, Jesus has the authority to save me from my sin, which is clearly like, the more like the greater authority to have to save somebody right. from their sin, give them spiritual life. But then we have trouble when, and, and we'll jump on board with that. Save me. Right. You know? But then we're when good he with says, that. but then when he says, I have the authority to send you, we're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, which is clearly the lesser of the two. That's right. And that's very telling. I think when it comes to our faith, because if we jump on board with, Oh, he has the authority to save me, but we're not on board with, he has the authority to send me. Honestly, then I would back up and say, "Brother, do you have do you have faith in mm. Jesus? Like for real? Do you that's have faith in Jesus?" Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's you know talking about this question that it kind of really cuts into that. Like that's a great point, and it, it plays to our faith and trust. If we truly are putting our eternal salvation, faith, and trust into the cross by the gospel, whatever we may encounter, obstacle wise, downturn wise, God will show even that just a much, just as much of that faithfulness and trust in that situation as he did with our eternal standing. Mm. That's a great point. Well, thank you, sir. This week, well done. And that's it for this week. If you like it, contact with us, please uh, go to keystonelife.com and uh, view the contacts page. And until next week, go in grace and peace.